Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And uh, again, I want to encourage you, if you're here and you have children, I love having children in the church. Seems like we've got more children around here uh, than maybe any time in my 25-year history of being pastor here. And I love that. I love seeing the kids here in the church, love seeing the kids in, in the playroom, and I, I want to see more. And I want this to be a place where young parents know that they're getting teaching from the pulpit that will help them to raise great kids. And I want to emphasize that. You can raise great kids today. It is entirely possible. Uh, Sharon and I had the privilege of uh, spending the last uh, eight days, I guess it was, nine days, uh, with our son and and daughter-in-law and their three kids, our three grandkids. And for a good portion of that time, it was just Papa and Nana and the grandkids while their mom and dad were down at the conference down in Florida. And some folks have said, you know, what was it horrible? No, it was wonderful because my son and daughter, I'm going to pat them on the back. They're doing a great job. These kids are respectful. They're obedient. They're not perfect. I mean, they, they, they can get whiny or they can fuss with one another. But as kids go... They were an absolute joy to be around. They, they were smart. They're smart. They're, they're inquisitive. They're, they're well-behaved. They listen to Nana and Papa. And trust me, they were well-rewarded for that. More ice cream and what is it they wanted every night? Nutella. Do you all know what Nutella is? They are addicted to it. And I didn't help them get off of it, but, uh, or at least Nana did. But it, it's refreshing to be around kids that are just a joy to be around. And I want to encourage you young parents here this morning that your kids can and ought to be the same way. And that's what we're going to focus on. Now, if you're here this morning and you say, well, my kids you know, are grown. This, you know, I can't, I'm hearing the wrong message. No, you're hearing the right message because this matters to you. How your neighbors and your friends are raising their kids are going to affect you. It's already affecting you, how people are raising their kids. Because typically, you're going to raise kids to be either respectful and self-disciplined, hardworking, or you're going to raise kids that the highlight of their life is to get an Obama phone. You follow the difference? And there's a reason that some people today, why so many people growing up today are, are, are grown up to be dependent upon the government. Because they think everybody owes them something. They've had a dysfunctional life and a dysfunctional home. And you owe me. It makes a difference to you how parents are raising their children today. So those of you that have children that are already grown, this is a message for you too. That should matter to you that young parents grasp hold of this. The title of the message is today, both this morning and this afternoon, is a continuation. This afternoon, we're going to get into the practical application of Scripture. But the title is A Father's Treasure. And really, that's mistitled because it's a parent's treasure. This is true of both fathers and moms, okay? 
And what we're going to focus on is a very simple passage of Scripture. It's found in Psalm 127, beginning in verse number 3. These three verses, every dad in this room ought to know and to know well and to appreciate and value. This is the bedrock of where you begin in raising children. And that should be the case of every mom in this room. You know these verses. You appreciate these verses. And how you raise your children is guided by the principles laid out in these three verses. Psalm 127, verse number 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb... In other words, your children is his reward. He rewards parents with children. And then it says in verse number four, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Arrows in the hand of a mighty man. We'll explain more what that means in a little bit. And then it says this, Happy. Happy is the man that has his, hath his quiver full of them. In other words, the, the more children you have, the better, the happier you are. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And we'll explain more about that. A lot of people have different ideas about children these days. These are some thoughts I came across in preparation for this message. Uh, the first one is so true. Each child, this parent writes, has been an education for us in different ways. The first child with a bloody nose was rushed to the emergency room. The fifth child with a bloody nose was told to go immediately to the yard and stop bleeding on the carpet. (laughs) Isn't that true? (laughs) One parent says, it's amazing how quickly the kids can learn to drive a car yet seem totally unable to understand the lawnmower, the snowblower, or the vacuum cleaner. One parent gave it this perspective, told their child, please go play with your brother. That's basically the reason we had him. (laughs) One father writes, there's nothing I've learned from being a father that I couldn't just as easily have figured out from setting all my money on fire. One husband told his wife, he said, told my wife, I wanted our kids every other weekend. And she reminded me that we're married and live together, so you have to see them every day. (laughs) And this one you moms can identify with. Try to get your kids to clean up their messy rooms. One mom said to her daughter, I just saw a mouse leaving your bedroom with his bags packed saying he can't live like this anymore. (laughs) But seriously, raising children is no laughing matter. There was an article written called Abandoned Faith. It says, while culture and church play a role in the development of a person's life, The role parents play far outweighs any other influence. And if you think about that, that's not putting down on the importance of church, but it's just emphasizing the importance of parents. This article goes on to say, the home is the church in miniature. 
uh, Frances, Edith Schaefer, the wife of preeminent evangelical thinker Frances Schaefer, who said, God gave us the family to prepare our hearts for the gospel. What a great truth. What a great thought. The article goes on to say, through conventional wisdom... Uh, Though conventional wisdom is that in the 1960s, liberal thought in academia and liberal theology paved the way for the breakdown of the family. McFarland, the the author of this article, believes the opposite is the case. I've got this final quote up here from this article. The breakdown of the family has paved the way for the abandonment of truth and orthodoxy, he said. Adding that he is among those who believe that social science data clearly shows that the future of Christianity rises and falls with the state of the family. Bottom line, the family is both the bedrock and the building blocks, not only of a church, but of a civil and prosperous society. Show me a family where a mom and a dad are committed to each other and believe the Bible is the standard for child rearing, and I'll show you children that grow up to be responsible adults contributing to the betterment of society. But on the other hand, show me a family, and there are way too many of them, that is dysfunctional and ignores Bible principles for child rearing, And I'll show you children who are likely, more likely than not, to grow up irresponsible and dependent upon society, which means dependent upon you that do work and do provide. They need you to get them through life because they have not been reared properly to handle life. We need to be extremely cautious that we allow the Bible to give us directions about child-rearing in our liberal culture. I'm reading a book right now entitled The Liberal Mind, The Psychological Causes of Political Madness. And this particular author talks about how so many of society's ills today are based upon poor parenting. And he says this in one of of the chapters, and I want to share it with you on the screen behind me. He said this, Liberalism's fundamental values of personal permissiveness, and that's what liberals believe in, permissiveness, do whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter, and institutional welfareism, and they certainly believe in that. They don't believe in, in in Jehovah God, they, they believe that government is, is God. You, you look to, to the government to provide for you. Liberalism's fundamental values of personal permissive, uh, permissiveness and institutional welfareism have perverted the ideal of individual liberty. We used to believe in individual liberty. You grow up to be responsible. You grow up to be competent. You grow up with goals. You grow up to be self-sufficient. You, you, you repel at the idea that, that someone else would have to buy you a phone. You want to buy your own phone, and if you work hard enough, you'll get the nicest phone uh, that, that's out there based on individual responsibility, individual liberty. But liberalism has perverted the ideal of individual liberty into an ethic of self-indulgence. 
Don't make kids responsible. Don't grade them. You'll hurt their self-esteem. Don't keep score. You'll hurt their self-esteem. Problem is, that's not the way it works in the real world, folks. It says, liberalism has perverted the ideal of individual liberty into an ethic of self-indulgence, replaced self-reliance with an ethic of government dependency. The government owes me for my education. The government owes me for for everything. And promoted self-gratification over traditional obligations of church and family. All of these influences have undermined the family as a social institution. And we are paying a terrible, terrible price for that. There is a better way to think about family. There is a way in which, there's a place that you can look to, parents, that will give you direct guidelines and encouragement on how to go counterculture. And rather than raising up narcissistic, self-indulgent, depending on the government uh, to get them through life, you can raise children that are competent and, and polite and compassionate, and have goals, and have desires, and take pride in their, their schoolwork, and take pride in their, in their future, and want to provide for their families, and want to be an asset to society, rather than live off of society. And that's found in Psalm 127, verses 3, 4, and 5. This is the basis. This is the bedrock. Let's read it again. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, not of the state. It it doesn't take a village to raise a child. It takes God, mom, and dad. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of thy youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. It is important, dads and moms, that you embrace these three verses. There are lots of great verses and passages on child rearing in the Bible, but to me, this is foundational. This is bedrock. It's so important that we understand this. Failure to do so can be disastrous. If you don't don't think right about your children initially, there's no way that you're going to raise them right. I like this quote. I want to share it with you. Somehow, too many of the parents I meet treat their children like a burden. You know there's more and more people viewing children that way today? They see their children as a burden. And parenting like the hardest and most unrewarding thing they have ever had to drag themselves through. Because so many people are thinking that way today... There are lots of people that are choosing not to have children. That's the way they see them. Is that what the Bible teaches? What we have just read? No, it's his reward. It's not a burden. It's not an accident. It's not an encumbrance. It's a reward. And some of you are influenced. We watch too much TV, too much Oprah, too much Dr. Phil. No, we, we need to understand, you know, if you want to know how you should view your children accurately... Then go to God's word. Go to Psalm 127. 
Again, somehow too many of the parents I meet treat their children like a burden and parenting like the hardest and most unrewarding thing they have ever had to drag themselves through. Those kids could drive you nuts, they say, with a tormented face and a desperate voice. I wish sometimes I could make them go away even for a while. That's a quote that I took from a mother that blogged online about children. And too many people view children that way. And the result are children being raised up pretty much on their own. And in some cases, just coddled. And they grow up to be immature. They grow up to be narcissistic. They grow up to be dependent upon government. And and when I say dependent upon government, understand what that means. That means dependent upon you that do work. Government doesn't have any money. You do understand that. Government doesn't, doesn't have money. They, they, they can only take money from you and give to them. You, you, complain about your, you ever complain about your taxes and how much you have to pay in taxes? Well, understand, a lot of that is going to correct the problems that have been created by parents that have abdicated their responsibility to their children and have no concept of what the Bible says about children. For if they did... They would, be, they would count their children as a blessing. Which brings us to the passage this morning. Three ways you must view your children. You must. Number one, your children should be viewed as a great blessing of God. As a great blessing or blessings of God. The verse number three says that. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Good parents, godly parents, can never view their children as a mistake, as an accident, or as an encumbrance. You insult God who gave you that child or those children, I think whenever you even jokingly say such a thing. And so many parents do their children a huge disservice by, if not stating it directly, implying through their actions and their attitude that, you know, you really are a mistake. You're a burden. I mean, there's actually been parents in a a moment of anger will tell their children, I wish you had never been born. How horrible is that? How ungodly is that? No, children are a reward from God. Albert Barnes puts it this way, commenting on that verse. They are among the blessings which God promises and are evidences of his favor. We have been favored to have these children. And we never, ever can lose sight of that. In the biblical illustrator commenting on that verse, they put it this way. This child is a heritage from the Lord. A sign of the divine favor towards us. A precious charge of love to be brought up in the nurture and the admonition 
of the Lord. If you've ever been tempted to think, I wish he had never been born, she had never been born, it's just a burden, it's an encumbrance upon my life, I, I'm not able to live the life that I'm supposed to live or, not, or that I want to live because I got these kids now, shame. Shame for that thought ever coming in your mind. So you come to church this morning, and part of the reason we come to church is to get things right. So let's get that right. If you've ever been tempted to think of your children as an accident, a mistake, or a burden, just confess to God that you've been wrong. And that's a terrible sin. And you know what? Your children are going to pay for that. But the good news is that can be corrected this morning. That's that's one of the reasons we come to church. We're we're prone to think wrong. we, We all too often get it wrong in our flesh, and listening and being influenced by the world. So you come to church where a loving, gracious God speaks to you through his word and says, wait a minute, now think about this. Has your attitude been right? Or do you need to apologize to me for that attitude? And maybe even apologize to those children. Your children should be viewed as a great blessing from God. Number two in this passage, we see that your children are to be viewed as given to you by God to be reared or raised for him. That's great news this morning. A, a lot of parents simply think, you know, it's, it's the lowest common denominator. If I can get them graduated from high school and they haven't been arrested, they haven't been on marijuana or drugs or whatever, then I did my part. Now you're on your own. No, the ideal is so far superior to that, you know, awful thinking, that lowest common denominator thinking. No, it says in verse number four, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of thy youth. That's a metaphor there. Your children are to be viewed as given to you by God to be reared for him. Godly parents will view their children as a responsibility entrusted to them by God, a responsibility to raise them to love and to serve God. In other words, children are like arrows. They have to be aimed intentionally at a target. That's what you do with an arrow. You send it on its course. And if you've had any experience, and many of you have up here in northern Michigan with bows and arrows, you you know you have to be very careful, you know, and you have to point it in the direction that you want it to go. And that's what it's saying here about children. You have the responsibility, the duty, the obligation to see them as arrows, you have to point them in the right direction. And and you need to know what that direction is, and you need to be intentional about it. You, You can't leave it to chance. A dad that's not setting an example, a dad that's not insistent that they be in church when the doors are open, is leaving it to chance. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it at all. Well, you know, they're kids, they'll grow up, they'll do whatever they want to do, and besides, I don't feel like it, I'm tired, I had to work till 8 o'clock last night, and so, think, they're arrows, they have to be directed, 
And who's got the responsibility to direct them? Mom and dad. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We certainly don't want the world directing them. We don't want their flesh directing them. We have the ability to do something about it. We have the ability. Thank you, Lord. This is a scary world. You mean I can influence them to do right, live right, be polite, be respectful, be hardworking, keep their room clean? Yes, you can do that. Thank you. Charles Spurgeon said, Our children are what we make them. They are represented as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And arrows go the way we aim them. Well spoken by a Baptist preacher over a hundred years ago. Another commentary says concerning the arrows and the mighty man. says, see the mighty man, how he bends his bow and makes ready his arrow upon the string and then draws it back to its full length that it may speed with the more force on the way he would have it to go. That is a picture of the strenuous, careful endeavor we should make to urge our arrows, our children, in the right way. Children should be viewed as a great blessing from God. Our grandchildren this past week were a great blessing. A great blessing to us. That's our grand... And and I guess Matt was too, since he's our child. I'll have to say he was a great blessing too. But, and he, he was, and he is. And your children are to be viewed as giving to you by God with the distinct intent that, Dad, you are intentionally on purpose and with great effort and seeking God's wisdom. You are going to rear them for the Lord. Then lastly, number three. Your children should be viewed as great blessings when raised according to God's will. It's a lot of hard work to raise kids. I don't want to give you any indication that it's not. We'll talk more about the particulars of that this afternoon. Oh, it it is hard work. It it can be exhausting. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, 365 days of the year. But it comes with huge rewards. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. There is great joy and great happiness when parents are diligent, they're thorough, they are on top of things. Godly parents will have grown children then of character, integrity, and an appreciation for their mom and dad. That's what this verse is teaching us. I don't think there's any greater pain in this life than a wayward child. I don't think there's any greater blessing in this life than a child who loves the Lord, 
loves his mom and dad, respects his mom and dad, and even as an adult child, seeks his mom and dad's counsel. They have such veneration for their parents that anytime they need to make an important decision, they're on the phone. Dad, what do you think? Mom, what do you think? That's the blessings that come with all the effort and and, and all the the intensity that it takes, the, the, the study to get it right, to, to know how to raise children, seeking God on your knees for, for help whenever it, it comes time to, to have to make a decision concerning a child. One writer said, I quote, Children who embrace the ways of God and live their lives for Him will bring honor to their parents. Their parents will be able to speak publicly with joy and pride regarding their children. The principles instilled in the children are revealed in the lives they live. Matthew Henry said, If trained according to God's word, they generally prove the best defense in declining years, remembering their obligations to their parents and taking care of them in their old age. Your children should be viewed as a great blessing when raised according to God's will. It says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. Commentators aren't sure if that's talking about parents will not be ashamed of their children when they're grown or grown children will not be ashamed of their parents. I say read it either way. That if you do a good job with your children... You as a parent will not be ashamed of them in their adult years. They will not be ashamed of you in their adult years. And it says they, will, they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I mean, they, they will come to your defense. They will speak to the enemies in the gate. They're not going to let anybody say anything bad about their parents or put down on their parents. That, that is not, folks, I'm not talking about... People are doing such a poor job these days with, with, with parenting. This almost seems like fairy tale stuff. Nobody can do that. Yes, you can do that. If you're a young parent in this room, you can do that. You can raise this kind of child. You can have these kind of results. It's being done all around this country. Most often we're concerned about how bad kids are when you see them at a restaurant or you see them, you know, in, in a, a, a store and you see some parent just yelling and screaming or ignoring or what, just demonstrating horrible parenting skills. And you may think, well, that's, this is just pie in the sky. Nope, nobody can really raise kids that are responsible, that are polite, that, that uh, do what they're supposed to do. Well, sure you can. Sure you can. Let this passage be the bedrock upon you upon where you plant your flag of parenting skills understand this morning your children should be viewed as a great blessing of god children are an heritage of the lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward And if you have ever thought any less than that of your children, do yourself and your child a favor and repent this morning. Repent before God 
and say, I am so sorry for ever thinking anything other than that, that my child shows God's divine favor. It's a demonstration of God's love to me. It's the greatest blessing that God could bestow upon me other than my salvation. Your children should be viewed as a great blessing of God. Number two, your children are to be viewed as given to you by God to be reared for him. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of thy youth. The Bible says they're like arrows. And God implies, now think about that, parents. Arrows, you just don't, you know, just start flinging them out there. No, you you think about where you want that arrow to go and you aim it in that direction. You think about where you want your child to be, where you want them to go. Do you want them to be godly? Then you aim them in that direction. Do you want them to be responsible? Then you aim them in that direction. Do you want them to be polite? You aim them in that direction. You do it. You assume that responsibility and be thankful to God that you have that not only responsibility, but you have that opportunity. And number three, your children should be viewed as great blessings when raised according to God's will. I've said, I think from this pulpit, one of the hardest things I do is marriage counseling when I'm dealing with a couple that have real serious problems. Now, some is just teaching. You know, some, some couples meet with me. They just want to take their marriage to the next level. That's a joy. But when you have a couple come in your office and they're like this, their backs are basically to each other, that's one of the hardest things that I do in ministry. I mean, it takes every ounce of energy, spirituality you have. You're you're just searching for the right words and saying the right thing and having the right tone. But it's also probably the greatest reward when you see that couple going from this to within a matter of weeks, maybe months, laughing and maybe even sitting there holding each other's hand. That compares to parenting. One of the hardest things you'll ever do is to parent because it is 24-7, 365 degrees. There are all sorts of influences out there that are going to try to pull your children away from you and away from God. You have to be on your toes. And sometimes you'll wonder, do I need to come down hard or do I need to be forgiving here? Lord, show me. I don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, it can be one of the hardest things you've ever done. But in the end, I can't think of a greater reward, mom and dad, that have, than having a son or daughter grow up to love the Lord, to be a good husband or wife themselves, faithful in a good Bible-believing church, raising your grandchildren in church and raising up grandchildren that are respectful, loving, fun. There's no greater reward than that. It takes a lot of effort. And it can happen if you have Psalm 127, verses 3, 4, and 5, 
ingrained in your soul and you hold on to that. You have confidence in God's word that God loves you. He gave these verses for you because he loves you. He loves your children. And he may be asking you to do a hard thing, but with this hard thing comes a great reward. The Bible clearly says happy is the man, and that would certainly include the mom. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Maybe you've been influenced by the world, and you haven't seen and viewed your children as God would have you to view them. Maybe you've let the frustrations of life get the best of you, and it's caused you to have a distorted view of your children. Maybe you have neglected your responsibility to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord because it's hard. Take self-discipline. Got to get the clothes ready on Saturday night for church on Sunday morning. Got to be back on Wednesday night. Have them in truth trackers. And we got so much going on. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's some parents in this room that need to repent. Say, Lord, I've, I've, I've done my child or my children a great disservice. Lord, help me to get my attitude adjusted. We tell our kids they need an attitude adjustment. I'm sure there's some moms and dads that might need attitude adjustments. Think of your children as a blessing from God. Think of your children as a wonderful opportunity that's going to pay huge, huge dividends. And it it will be worth it. It'll, It'll be worth it. And... The Bible's so very clear. Happy is the man and woman that hath his quiver full of them. And let me say this. Some of you have children that aren't living right. And it's a burden of your heart. What can I do now, Pastor? You can pray for them earnestly, fervently, faithfully. And you can live before them a godly life today. A life where they see the joy of the Lord in you. And I say it almost after every message like this. Some of you know where I'm going right now. The prodigal son, remember, he left his dad. He went and blew his life, blew his money, blew his inheritance. Ended up in a pig pen. But he came home. And as long as God is on the throne, you have a wayward son or daughter. If you're praying for them... And if you're living a faithful, committed, joyful Christian life, you enhance their coming back to the Lord and to the relationship that you desire to have with them. And lastly, if you're here this morning, it may be all of this sounds a bit odd to you, and you don't really get it. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get the Bible. You're not going to understand the Word of God until you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus, you've never accepted, accepted Him as your Savior, you put your faith and trust in Him, you repent of your sins, you turn to Him. If you've never done that before, until you do that, The Word of God will make 
very little sense to you, if any sense at all. And it may be the reason you're here this morning is God wanted you here because he wanted you to hear this pastor say that God loves you, loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you and to forgive you of all your sins, past, present, and future. And all you have to do is believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he went to the cross, he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust him as your Savior. And it may be that the Lord had you here this morning to hear those very words because he wants you to act on that. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.